The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod, and we are coming to you live from many different places. And if it looks a little bit different today, it is because I am on a different computer. I'm on a Mac, and I'm not normally on a Mac. Um, so we had some technical issues yesterday afternoon. For those of you who are card clients, and especially new card clients who might be tuning in. We had a, a webinar that was planned for new parents last night that I was gonna be leading and we had catastrophic issues and couldn't, couldn't even get me live to do the meeting. And of course that was horrible and I'm horrified. And I just want those parents to know that we are gonna be rescheduling and we will make sure that that happens and that you have access to that meeting. Um, and, but then the next, th the next tumble that when we realized we weren't going to be able to get live for that meeting, we were panicked about where we going to be able to live this morning. And we want to thank Zoom, um, Zoom Australian support last night. And then this morning, Kansas City um, got it done, worked through the night and up, up early this morning so that we can, we want to thank uh, the IT department at CARD, in particular, Michael Alexander for going above and beyond to make sure that it happens and to Traven for weathering the whole thing. And we're here, we're here. And that's a very exciting thing because the show was too big, too important today um, to bypass that. And now I have helicopters, so directly overhead. And that is how today is going to go. We had earthquakes last night. Um, just saying, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, we're looking for the locusts, but other than that, folks, um, we go on because that is what we do in the autism community. That is what we do. Hey, I want to give a shout out to that. Yesterday was Joanne Lara's birthday. And as you know, she's in the hospital and, and pretty gravely ill. And, um, thank you everybody for sending all the love on her Facebook and sending messages. And I'm, I'm told that her hospital room where we're not allowed to go and visit because of these times that we live in, but I'm told that her hospital room looked like a florist shop. So, and that she, you know, people were saying to her, do you realize how loved you are? And she said, I'm adored. And that is the way you want someone to feel in the hospital. So thank you so much for that, you guys. Uh, but we do have a big show for you here today. And, um, you know, we continue, um, and all the things that we're doing, we're keeping a good thought for COVID. We continue, I'm just gonna keep saying it. Um, I, I want everybody to know that we support the protests uh, that are protesting the, in, the ongoing injustice uh, and that all uh, individuals deserve the same rights to be able to go places, walk down the street, say that I need help, that I, you know, whatever from our first responders, and that should be met with, uh, with justice and equality, and it's not, and we are not pretending that it isn't, and we are in support of Black Lives Matter. Um, want to be very clear about that, and we are, are looking to see how we can do things better um taking responsibility for ourselves but um but we are continuing to talk about autism because that's what we do it's called autism live and um and you know that message goes hand in hand with all of the other things we've talked about about kindness compassion uh ac accepting and embracing and enjoying diversity and difference um and acknowledging that what Temple Grandin always said, which is different, but not less, right? Um, so thrilled to be able to have an opportunity to do that with you today and with two amazing guests that we're gonna be having join us a little bit later on in the show. There are lots of ways for you to connect with us. There are all the same ways and our live feature is working today. 
Uh, that's one of the, I don't want to say too much because we don't want to jinx that, but you can write into us on our website. There's a chat at the bottom of the page, autism-live.com. you can be watching on Facebook and commenting on YouTube and commenting. You can be watching us right now live on Periscope and um, on Twitter. We're live on Twitter and there's quite a firestorm going on on Twitter this morning. We're shouting out uh, to our, our cast members at Everything's going to be okay and congratulating them on their renewal for season two. I couldn't have lived if we had ended on season one. I, I just couldn't have made it. Um, so I'm glad that they're going to get a season two and they're all, they're all a tweeting this morning and some of it's, some it's, it's just like the show. Some of it's incendiary and some of it is hilarious. So there you go. Check those guys out. Um, also, if you want to watch us in podcast, remember that you can watch us on iTunes or listen to us on iTunes. Same thing. on uh, You can listen to us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Deezer. And Traven's showing you right there all the different ways. Don't forget, though, that autism-live.com is our homepage. Lots to do there. Hey, we really appreciate it when you subscribe, share, like, review. Those are the things that make a difference for us. You know that it has been our mission from the beginning of time to give you information and inspiration and to make sure that it comes to you free and available around the clock. And the free thing, you know, is sometimes a challenge, um, but what makes that possible is viewers. And, and when we are able to say to people, we have viewers, it is, we have gotten you know, money to be able to stay on because they believe in the mission that what, of what we're doing. Um, so like us, review us, share us. And that not only keeps us on the air, but it, it, it allows for other people to see and we aren't spending advertising dollars because we do not have advertising dollars. Let us be clear about that. Nor do I want to be in the business of the advertising thing, right? That's just, I, I want to be in the business of what we're in the business about, information and inspiration. So um, give us a like on any of the platforms, review us on iTunes, subscribe to us wherever, whenever possible. Hey, I'm saying hi to Amanda Bright. And I'm saying hi to Sally Burton Hoyle, who's joining us, who we had on a couple of weeks ago and just loved Sally. Um, so glad that you guys are here. So, um, okay, we, like I said, we have got two great guests for you, but we like to start Thursday off with something that we fondly refer to as the jargon of the day. And this is when we take on one word, one phrase, one acronym. I'm a little bit shaken in my shoes right now because we have Sally Burton Hoyle and she's an expert. And she's going to let me know if I don't get the jargon right. Uh, but the whole purpose of this jargon is that you know that if you don't have a degree in psychology and they start using the jargon terms and you're like, huh, what, hey? Um, and then you have a choice. You either say, excuse me, what are we talking about right now? Uh, and then they have to stop and explain it to you. And let's face it, sometimes that you're not going to get it on the first time, right? Unless you're a budding genius, I'm not. Um, then, uh, you know, or sometimes you will say, um, all right, I, I'll, I'll Google it later on. I'll look it up later on and I'll figure out what it is. Right. Um, and then like this word today, I, I will tell you, if you Google this word, you're going to have a good time because I don't think Google recognizes it. Right. So then you put in uh, band and you put in autism, then maybe you'll get something. But what you get sometimes is a definition that makes you want to bang your head on a concrete floor. Right. Because it's so full of jargon that you're up a tree. So what we like to do here is we give you the actual definition. So you start to get used to terms and, and what they mean, but mainly we give you the actual definition so we can make fun of it. Let's be real. Then we give you a working definition, which sometimes makes the experts break out into hives. That's just an added bonus, um, but hopefully gives you the ability to start you know, it's, it's like having the, the key to get in the building, right? And maybe, you know, you don't have access to all the rooms yet, but at least you're in the building. I, I promise you that somewhere down the line, you'll get it. It might not be today, but at some point you'll go, you'll see something and you'll go, oh, that, 
That's what she was talking about. Now I know what that means. Okay, so we have started in on the verbal operants. There we go, jargon. Uh, and today's jargon of the day is manned. And this is one of my favorite ones because the first time that I was ever in a room and people were using this term and they, they probably use it like 30 times in a clinic. And they're like, well, you know, as we're working on man training and he's manding this and he's, and well, we want him to get him to manned for that. And I chose option B, which is I'll Google that sucker later. And I sat there for a whole two hour clinic, not understanding what it meant, you know, looked it up, couldn't find it. And then said to, you know, first one person, I was like, what, I don't even know what the word is you're saying. Are you saying man? Like you want him to man up? Or like, I wasn't sure if there was a D there or not. And then I was like, what on earth are you talking about? And, you know, ABA people, they use this term as if it were something that everybody learns in kindergarten. They're like, oh, manding, right? Um, so I, but let's all remember that we did not come out the womb knowing what manding was. So let's take a look at what our actual definition is and let's see if we can make some fun of whatever is there. Manned. The manned is a type of verbal behavior that is controlled by a motivating operation, deprivation, or an aversive state, and is followed by specific reinforcement. The manned specifies its own reinforcer. I'm so excited because it's a winner. This definition is probably of no use to anyone unless you've had at least a couple of years of uh, majoring in psychology in college. Uh, right, the, it's a verbal, be okay, that's controlled by a motivating operation. Well, if I don't know what a man is, I don't know what a motivating operation is. And then you, you know, you're gonna clarify it for me with a deprivation state or an aversive state. This is when I begin to pound my head on the pavement. Um, and then this whole thing about uh, it, the man specifies its own reinforcer. You got me. I, I have no idea, right? So we're going to throw that definition away. We'll come back to it when we know more another time. And we're going to move on to our working definition. What is a manned? And the thing that always helped me as a parent was to think of the word command. Like when you command something, the end of it is there's an M-A-N-D there. So when you're manding some for something, you're requesting. A manned is a request or a command. Um, and how we think of the, and, and you and I manned all the time. Um, and when our kids are developing language and moving in a direction that we want them to, they manned all the time too. And I, I, we haven't been able, it's stuck, Traven, it's not going on to the working definition. I'm, I'm moving on, but it hasn't gone on on my computer. There we go, there it is. Uh, oh, it's such a good effect too. So it's requesting, demanding, or asking for something. So think of the little kid who wants a cookie and think of all the different ways that they could ask for a cookie. They could point to the cookie. Um, if they don't, if they don't fully have um, language that they might do that, um, they might just try to take the cookie. Uh, they might say, right? They might not be able to say the whole word, but they might be able to say a small portion of it. Um, and that's okay. Cause they're requesting it. And if we understand what it is, right? They're requesting whether we understand it or not is a man, but um, they're requesting something. And we can shape up that request to be um, a, a better representation of what it is. But when you ask for something, so the child eventually, you know, says cook or cook, cook or cookie, whatever it is that they say, they're asking for it and we give it to them. So the reinforcer for that is the thing, they got the thing that they requested. That's the part of the definition about the man specifies its re reinforcer. Basically they're saying you're asking for what you want. And if you give them what they want, it's a reinforcer. And we know from all the things that we talk about here on the show that when we're doing ABA, we want there to be a meaningful reinforcer. And that a lot of times when we're trying to get uh, an individual to do something, we, we can't assume that we know what the reinforcer is, right? We will, we will do a preference assessment. Um, you know, with an older child, we might say, when you're done with your homework, do you wanna take a break and play video games? Or do you wanna go outside and play with your friends, right? You're gonna get that reinforcer, you finished your homework, which one do you want? Cause it's more meaningful to them. Well, the great thing about the manned is that they've already told you what they want, the thing they requested. So the child who says juice, 
right? And we give them the juice, they got their reward. It's a little bit easier. You don't have to do the preference assessment. You, you know, it's like, I, I we're, cause we're constantly trying to set up that um, three uh, term contingency where I do something, uh, you know, you, you say something, I do something and I get the, the reward. Um, so what's great about the manding is when they really want it, we don't even have to prompt it right? They just ask for the thing, they get it, and then they, they've gotten the reward. We want our um, kiddos to mand a lot. I mean, like crazy amounts. I can remember a time when my son was three that they were telling me that they, they he was on man training where they were constantly trying to get him to mand um, and giving him things, right? And I, I want to say that they were trying to do it 200 times an hour, that that was the goal, that he would man 200 times in an hour. That seems crazy, but if you go and you're around a typical two and a half year old, three year old, you see that it's not that crazy, that they're really, they're really doing it. So manding is great. It's a very important step. It's the way that we, you know, it's one of the entrees into getting communication. Now, it doesn't have to be verbal. Remember that it could be pointing, it can be clicking an icon, um, it can be doing a picture exchange where you hand me a little square that has a picture of juice on it uh, or that says juice on it, right? But I'm telling you, this is what I want and I'm exchanging that token for the thing that I want. That's still manding. And it's a very important step um, in getting communication because I will tell you what happens. It, we, if a kid has no way to mand, they're going to tantrum and they're not going to just tantrum. They're going to lose their, you know what, because think about it. If, if I took away from you, your ability to request something, anything, and, and you had no way to get your needs met, believe me, you would snake out too. And I would, I would be the first one. <laughs> I would be the first word I've thrown tantrums as an adult because I couldn't get anybody to listen to me. Um, and our kids will absolutely do it. But here's the brilliant thing is that the reverse is also, the opposite is also true. So when you get a kid to mand and they begin to see, oh, I just gotta, I, I just have to point and you give me that thing or I just gotta say, and you'll give me a cookie. Oh, that's so much easier than throwing myself on the floor and throwing a tantrum. And they really get excited and will do a lot of manding. It's one step along the way. It's not the thing, you know, it's part of the verbal operants that get us to the point where they can fully communicate. It's not the whole thing. And I'm frustrated sometimes that I, I hear from a lot of families that um, their kiddos get stuck you know, being able to label things and, and being able to mand for some things and that never gets shaped up into full conversation. So this is one of the things, one of the puzzle pieces to get to that, full, but it's an important one where we, everybody needs to be able to mand. Every single person on the face of this planet has the, has the right and, um, and I'm just seeing how, how well this goes with everything that we're talking about in the world right now. If you can't get, and you're communicating and saying, I, you know, I need this. And if it can't happen, bad stuff is going to happen because a person can't live that way. We need to be able to mand and have our requests met. Okay. Um, just having a little moment and epiphany here myself. Okay, so that is our jargon for today. It's a really, really important one, Mandy. Let's move on to our question of the day because I got two guests and I don't want to belabor. Um, okay, what do you do when you're upset? How do you communicate your needs? What do you do when you're upset? How do you take care of yourself? How do you request from other people um, to give you what you need? But how do you also take care of yourself? And I want you to think about this because this it's important that we start with ourselves and understand that we are all different. That um, I think everybody's upset right now. Like I don't know anybody who's not upset right now. And I know some people that are exercising like fiends and there are other, others of us that are eating. I'm eating, I, I, I'm, I fully admit this. And I have friends that are, you know, having some wine, you know what I'm saying? And doing other things and then other people are writing and um, other people are, are out donating their time. 
everybody is different, right? We are all different in how we deal with upset and how we moderate our own emotions. It's important that we know how to do that for ourselves. And man, have we all been like feet to the fire on this one over the last few months. And just when I think, you know, okay, well, you know, lesson learned, thank you. Can we move off of this page? We go, no, no, let's check again. Let's see how you do um, when you have to deal with all these emotions. It's rough, really rough. Um, but I think it's important that we start with ourselves first, right? And this is how we teach this to our kids is that we teach it ourselves. And then we teach, by the way, other people have this too, and it's different from you. Same, but different. Their way of dealing with things is different. So know for yourself um, how you are. And if you are a parent of a kiddo on the spectrum, think to yourself about, okay, that's me, but how does my kid, what helps my kid when they're upset? What do they need when they're upset? because we need to help them to learn to deal with their emotions. I think sometimes it's the opposite that they teach us. So often in the, in these last few weeks, as you guys have written in and said, you know, or when I've talked to parents and they've said, you know, my kid is really upset about this. My first response is yes. Yes, of course they are. Aren't you, aren't you upset about this too? This is upsetting. And you have a context in which to understand it and they don't. And even with the context, do we really understand it? Because we, I've never had this happen before. Have you had this happen before? We are in an unprecedented time. Um, so I think we need to start there and go, wait a second, you know, that emotion is accurate. Um, for the wonderful young man who I adore and his father, he's on the spectrum and his father died. And, and everybody was like, well, you know, he's really upset and he wants to know where he is. Where is his dad? And when is he coming back? And everybody was really crushed about it. And I said, but aren't, aren't you thinking that too? Like, aren't, like, isn't there a part of you that like you, you language it however you need to for yourself and whatever your beliefs are, right? But isn't there a part of you that like forgets in a moment and goes, oh, when, when are we going to see him again? Um, you know, I, I, I feel like sometimes our kids just are just a level of honest and they strip it away and they will reveal to us what's really going on. And then we have an opportunity to deal with it. But uh, I just think it's a, a good thing to ad admit it and to also build your toolkit. So we go back to the question, which is what do you do when you're upset? How do you help yourself when you're upset? What are the tools that you use? And what do you think the tools are that your kiddo would benefit from? Okay, uh, now moving on, we always have a topic of the week. And our topic this week um, is changing our mind, uh, changing our own mind. And you know, in order to do that, you gotta look at what are the limiting beliefs that you have. I, I talked with a parent the other day who said to me, my child can't do that. And I was like, well, you know, that's true. That's absolutely true. But I, I hear in your voice that not only is it that my child can't do that, it's that my child can't ever do that. And the parent said, yes, I think that's true. And I think I need to accept that. And I, and I said, what if that, what if that isn't true? What if, what if there were a possibility that, you know, it's true for the moment, but it's not true for the long, long term? Would it be worth looking at that? And, you know, it was just an amazing shift. And it's not a guaranteed, it's not like I was saying to her, well, I know for sure, I don't know anything for sure. Um, but it was like, what if we lived in a world where it was a possibility that your child could do that? Maybe not this year, maybe, you know, not next year, but what if we, what if we were working towards it? What would life look like? And I don't, you know, like, I don't know what all that was holding down for that parent, but everything opened up. It's like, well, then if, if, if it were possible, that it might be true, then, then we could do X, Y, and Z and sh changed her mind. So I'm gonna ask you today, what are the limiting beliefs that you're holding on to? What's holding you back? What, what have you sort of decided and said, maybe, you know, maybe it's time to take that out and look at it. I had a good, good friend who explained to me years ago, the Hubble telescope, you know, sent us all these images and they took all these measurements from them and they said all these things and said, this is what is true. And there were things that we didn't know and there were all these calculations that they made and they were like, wow, we've learned so much from the Hubble telescope and everything, you know, became written in stone and fact. 
worked. And then somebody discovered that the lens was warped. It was faulty. It had a, uh, a fault in it that gave readings that were not true. And they, you know, had to go back and go, well, then this may not be true. And, and the unraveling the sweater that had been built around the facts of the Hubble telescope, um, everybody had to go back and question like a decade's worth of work. And, um, and the friend was saying to me, you know, our lives are that way sometimes that we hold all these things to be true. And then we find out, oh, maybe that's a product of the lens and maybe the lens is inaccurate. Ask yourself, what's holding you back? Is it at, at the base of it is a thought that may or may not be true. And then change your mind. It's amazing how the doors open up and it only takes a second and it's free. So uh, uh, that's our topic for this week. And this week we really have focused on having guests who can take us to another place. Um, place we haven't been before, place we haven't looked at before was something that we previously thought, mm, I don't know. And today is really the culmination of that. Two amazing guests that we've got uh, joining us. In just a second, we're gonna be joined by Yadira Calderon. And she's an amazing mom and self-advocate and a brilliant, wonderful daughter who's so talented. And um, Yadira had um, a devastating loss recently and has been dealing with grief and has had an opportunity to look at a grief in a, in a different way. And it's made her look at grief with our kiddos and how we talk about grief. And, and I'm gonna let her talk more about that. But because she's an artist and because her daughter's an artist, they are expressing the, this grief and these feelings through art. And I said to her, we really gotta have you on the show to talk about this. I wanna thank everybody. Jill is saying, uh, I can't possibly, she said, I love your voice. It can't possibly be mine. I have one of the most grating voices that there is. You must be talking about somebody else. Uh, Christina says, morning, Shannon and Trayvon. Morning to you and your littles. Give him a, a, a hug. And um, uh, I don't just shut down uh, don't eat. Yeah, well, that's, you know, tell me. Uh, I don't, I just shut down. Uh, you, they don't eat. Well, uh, I eat. That's what I do. Um, okay. And Jill says, we're going through this now in a two and a half year old. I think you're talking about manding. Uh, Joe says, uh, hang in there, uh, Jill. And I, I, I love that. Uh, Amanda says, my son hates it if I raise my voice. If anyone raises their voice over the years, I have learned to be patient and keep my same tone because it truly upsets him. Um, and I just want to let you know that when, uh, when my son was little, he, um, you know, they say that there's that connection between a mom and a kid that they can hear your voice in the womb and uh, he, if anybody else got loud, he was fine. But if I got loud, he could not take it. He like shut down. He could not take it. And I'm a, as you know, I'm a very loud person and, uh, and I get excited and I get passionate and he couldn't. And so I, for years had to moderate my tone. I don't have to anymore. I just want to let you know that that may not be. And I, and it was hard for me. I was like, Ooh, it's like, I'm having to be not who I am to meet him where he is. And how will that work out? It did. It did. And I just want to encourage you not to worry about that. Um, uh, they say, I'm constantly reminding myself if he gets upset, it upsets me. So if I can, if that can be avoided, then I just simply avoid it. Definitely practice tons of antecedent modifications with my kid. I hear you. I just hope that that it, at some point you, you know, just like us, that that works out. I do think um, that just like taste buds, you know, uh, when, when we're young, our taste buds are really, we have more taste buds, they die over time. And so if like broccoli is overcooked, kids can't, it's too acidic. They, it just tastes terrible to them. It's why kids tend not to like vegetables. They get overcooked and it's too acid on their tongue. But over time, you know, the taste buds moderate and some of them die off and we're not as sensitive. And then we're able to eat broccoli and hopefully not gag and throw up, even if it's overcooked. I love overcooked broccoli now, by the way. But, um, Love me some burnt broccoli. That is some good stuff right there. But with a little caramelized onion, no, I'm not a foodie. What makes you say that? Okay, so, but the point is, is that sometimes the sensory things, they, 
as kids get older, especially if we're working on them, they moderate and they're able to even read some of Carly Fleischman's stuff because she wasn't able to pick out sounds. And then when she started to be like 11, 12, 13, it moderated a little bit. She still has bad days and there are other things that can come into play. Sometimes diet has a factor, but um, they don't necessarily stay where they are um, sensory wise. Now the flip is also true too, that when puberty comes, that sometimes we have new things that crop up. Um, so anyway, uh, speaking of which, speaking of, of uh, you know, we need to crop things cropping up and, and kids going into puberty, let's welcome Yadira Calderon to the show and let's talk with her about her fabulous daughter and, um, and about how they have been relanguaging grief for themselves. And is, uh, Traven, is she with us? Has she joined? I'm here. You're there. Yay. I got all worried. Oh, don't you look beautiful? I love that blouse. That's gorgeous. Thank you. We do. You look fabulous. <laughs> so how are you? There's your daughter. Hello, sweetheart. Um, and oh, now she can hear me. Hi. How are you? Good. How about you? I'm good. You know what? I heard about you skating and I was so amazed a couple of really? minutes ago. I did. I, I, sometime I want to be able to come and see you skate. Please. Thanks. Yeah. By the way, my grandma passed away on May 1st. I heard that. That is a very sad thing. Yeah. But your mom said that you've been doing a, a lot of things with art to, to be able to deal with how you feel about it. Yeah, like this. Oh my gosh. That's absolutely beautiful. And so is that your grandma, the angel? Yes. And how do you feel when you make your art about your grandma? Sometimes really sad. But does it help to use the colors and to get the shape and get the, get the story the way you want it in the piece of art? Yeah. Does it? Let me see that one that you're holding up. Hold it up a little bit more. Oh my goodness, that's absolutely. It's a teddy bear that the people that worked at a hospital place gave to my grandma. Mm, that's absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. What a one, these are wonderful works of art and it's a wonderful way to remember your grandma. Yeah. Do you want to show us another one? Oh, that, yeah. yeah, that was all. And right here, we have this Wait, big one here. Yes. Oh. It's called the tree of life. Oh my goodness. So you like to work with lots of different kinds of things because I see paint, but I also see that there's texture to this one. That's yeah, right. that's true. And so where do you get your ideas from? My mind. Yeah. Sometimes the ideas I make, my mom is not interested. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? That's always going to be life. But do you still do it even if she's not interested? Of course I do. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. By and the way, my mom and I are using the same earphones. I hear, I see that. <laughs> I love it. It's very togetherness. And so do when you do your art projects, do you do them with your mom? Does she do art projects too? Yeah. One time she did an art project and it was so beautiful. I wish she had it so she could show you. Thank you. She, it's my release also, seeking a break, looking for that peace um, as a way also to connect with the mice as she is creating and coming up with these incredible ideas because many times I just ask her questions, you know? And with this instance, with the art that she created for honoring my mom, her grandma, whom she witnessed the whole process because thanks to COVID-19 in our circumstances, we were able to be there for her mm -hmm. and give her love, attention, and as a family to come together and get ready for what we knew was inevitable. And for my daughter to be prepared for what we could handle and us not knowing how she was gonna be able to handle it, um, that's where all of the convoluted work came in. And that's where all of the process in my case as the parent surrounded by family and a group of love I was able to concentrate on her 
And um, everyone was asking me, how do you feel? How are you doing? How are you coping? Middle of March, April. And I told them, you know, just I am 50% my daughter, one quarter, I am emotional turmoil, one quarter, I am focused on doing what I need to do. Um, and everyone was very supportive of that. Everyone was uh, very caring and everyone was telling me, good, as long as you're letting us know what it is that you need, how it is that you feel, then we are okay with that. Um, so doing art with her many times, it was also like, ah, I can breathe, you know? And uh, she would create something out of the many things that she did in the last two and a half months. And I would come up with my own style or just even if it is just scribbles or doodles, you know, just that release. And that's why it was um, such an important time for her and I to be a part of this process. And I'm very fortunate that I could maintain uh, the circumstances as controlled as I could for her, me understanding what it is that she needs. Um, this whole process for us parents caring for and raising our children in the autism spectrum, we have all grieved in different circumstances. There are parents that still talk to me about grieving their child's diagnosis and so understandable. And in this case, we take, we kick it up a notch and we are dealing with grief based on a loved one and that sense of loss of that person that is not coming back. Um, and those are heavy duty topics to work with you as an adult, imagine at almost 12 year old uh, who now can speak, who now can express herself and she has this outlet and I just went to it full on force gone home and I reminded her um, the night before my mom passed away on April 30th, Tomais was going to go to her auntie's for a sleepover. I get a phone call at 11.30 from my sister. Tomais is in pain, inexplicable all of a sudden. So I, I talked to her and she says, she's screaming as if skin is being pulled off her. So I tell my sister, don't worry, I'll go pick her up and just bring her back. In the meantime, we, are, we know that my mom is going through her process and we don't know when the time is gonna come that this is it. Um, she will no longer be with us physically. Um, so I pick up the mice at 11.30 at night. We are on the bridge, Clearwater Beach, crossing the big bridge from the Clearwater Beach area into the city and at the top of the bridge, at the top of the bridge, um, I reminded her, you know, Tomás tells me, it's like, mom, I don't think grandma's gonna be with us much longer. Mm -hmm. And I reminded her, Tomás, you know, this is our mission. And that's why we came here. And that's why in these circumstances, we have been allowed to be together. And uh, it could happen tonight. It could happen tomorrow. It could happen in six weeks, but we are here together and we are here to give and show love. She wants to say something. By the way, when I had the, here's something funny. I got two things to share. When I had the pain, my mom had to carry me from, uh, from my aunt's apartment down to the elevator and to our car. Piggyback right session. I made her exercise the entire time. She and also me. here's something I experienced. I had an image of my grandma passing away in her bed and me in pain. And my mom had to take care of my grandma and me that night. And, I, and then I, we were both moaning and uh, we were both moaning and we were having pain. And my mom received the message that one of their family members, their baby was experiencing pain too. And we were all connecting. We were all, we all knew that Abuela was going to pass away in any moment. And at 5 a.m., she passed away. And at seven, when I just woke up, it seemed like a peaceful morning, but it, but it turned out to be heartbreaking. And I saw her lifeless body and I gently kissed her by the hand and I said goodbye. 
My aunt couldn't stop crying. She was crying so much. I understood her feelings. It's a very sad thing, but clearly you were very connected with, with your abuela. And, yes. And that, you know, some of your talent probably comes from her, don't you think? Yes. Yes. yes and e Yes, and even that little baby I was talking about, Kadosh, he also had that connection too. Yeah, there was a baby in the family that that night, he was completely restless. The parents were dumbfounded. They didn't know where did this come from and that uh, he was just inconsolable. And mom and dad, first time parents, they were like, oh my goodness. And here we have Tamaiz also with this inexplicable physical connection the body sharing with us a lot of the emotions. Yes, and I see and feel things that other people can't. And it's inexplicable. This is the new word she's learned. <laughs> love yeah. it. What a great word, inexplicable. I think yeah, amazing. And what I love is that you put your feelings and your thoughts and the things that you see into your artwork. Yeah, totally. other things that you do, because clearly when you skate, um, you, you know, you bring all of you into skating, all, all that you are and all that you know. So, yeah, so that is why, why you're so talented, I think. Yeah, thank and you. So you're just, you're, you're just about to turn 12. Is that right? I just turned 12 on May 30th. Wow. That was, Happy that birthday. was 29 days after my grandma passed away wow and what what do you when you think about when you get older what do you think you want to do i don't know travel the world sell art and may, put art into cakes and desserts Ooh. and candy because you like to cook too right yeah i cook breakfast every morning i'm still learning how to make lunch and dinner that's amazing you are such, yeah you are such a gift to your mom yeah. Thank you. By yeah. the way, there's one thing I want to say. Yeah. One time I heard my friend Jessie say that one time she bakes Oreo cookies and popcorn together and she, it was delicious. Can I yeah. try that, Mom? I know. <laughs> Save us almighty. I am so loving talking to you guys. And unfortunately, we're, we're running out of time here. I want to make sure that your mom tells us where we can go to follow your adventures and to hear more about you, the two of you together, because you're on an amazing journey that's really inspirational. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, if you want to follow Rainbow Mosho, um, you can do so on Instagram and Facebook. So just the word Rainbow and Mosho, M-O-S-H-O. Um, if you would like to see some of our art in the form of postcards and prints, you can go to our website, www.autismhappykingdom.com. And because yes, you can buy cards uh, that she has designed. Correct? Definitely. All of these cards, they are part of the new COVID-19 art series. Um, all of the different art emotions expressing what she's felt, what she's been through um, in the last two and a half months, particularly in this period when we were with grandma, caring for grandma. This um, drawing in particular, it was created one hour after waking up, after understanding and explaining to her and crying and going through all of the emotions um, that we go through of finding out that a loved one has passed away. And um, it is very meaningful because I told her, whatever you cannot tell us, please put it in art. Please draw something so we can know that you understand um, what is happening. And if you need to speak, do so, but use your art as the source to share your emotions. And this is what she came up with. And this is just too powerful. Well, you are an amazing mom. Um, and you are such a source of inspiration. And your daughter is beautiful. And I just think that you know what, what you have been doing um, I'm so sorry for your loss. Thank you. Um, sending you air hugs, virtual hugs. Uh, Thank yeah. you so much. Appreciate and, it. Uh, and I know uh, that we, we've been talking about having you do something a little bit more regular here on the show uh, with some art because I know people people are already writing in and saying she's amazing and how talented Thank and you. Know more about what you're doing. Please accept my love and condolences and then we will talk to you soon. 
Appreciate many, many hugs, many blessings, and keep us inspired, Shannon, with the work that you keep doing, opening up the door for all of us to keep sharing reality. I absolutely adore you. Uh, so, uh, and people are saying that they would like to have this information in Spanish, please. So can you in Spanish tell them where they can reach you? Sí, definitivamente. Saludos. Eh, pueden encontrar a Rainbow Motion, la palabra Rainbow Arcoiris, M-O-S-H-O, en Facebook e Instagram. Y pueden visitar nuestra página en la internet, www.autismhappykingdom.com. Así que a las órdenes y espero que nos visiten. Wonderful. Thank you so much and we'll be in touch, okay? We shall. Thank you, Shannon. Everyone take care and many blessings. You too. Bye-bye. Um, and uh, it's just a, a, a full show. We could spend hours talking, but we don't want to miss uh, Courtney Tarbox, who is, I believe, joining us right now. Uh, so excited to welcome her to the show um, because we want to talk with her about an upcoming webinar that she's going to be doing, um, teaching everybody at the webinar how to do, it's a series, how to do ACT, acceptance, commitment, uh, treatment, therapy with, with uh, kids on this. There's Courtney. Courtney, welcome to Autism Live. Thank you so much. I'm so thrilled. I, I can't believe this is the first time we've ever had you on the show, but we are thrilled and delighted to have you here. I was just saying that you've got, to, well, first of all, tell people a little bit about you and what you do and where you do it. Sure. Okay. Well, yeah, thank you for having me. Um, I, I am the Director of Clinical Development at First Steps for Kids, and we're an ABA autism um, provider. Uh, we have five centers now, um, mostly in Southern California, and then we have one up in Northern California. Wonderful. And so thrilled to have you here. But you've got uh, a webinar series that's coming up that's really cutting edge. Everybody's, everybody's talking about it. Uh. <laughs> Excited for you and for us. Tell us what the series is and, and tell us all the deets. No pressure, huh? <laughs> Everyone's talking about it. Well, um, so everybody, the buzz is like, everybody's like elbowing each other going, I got to get to that. <laughs> um, well, thank you for that. So um, it's, yeah, it's a webinar. It's a three-part series. And um, for each one of the sessions, I'm going to have uh, one of the co-authors from the manuscript that we published um, co-presenting with me. And um, the manuscript that we just put out was um, part of the emergency series that Behavior Analysis in Practice um, put out specifically to um, give ABA um, clinicians practical tools to put into play immediately um, during this COVID pandemic when we know a lot of our um, clients are at home and things are you know, more difficult than, than ever for them and for their families. Yeah, I mean, like it wasn't like everybody had a year to think about it and go, hey, if we ever had to all be home and do what we do, how would we do it? But I love that you guys really hit the ground running and kept pumping out information for practitioners that was top notch, cutting edge, um, giving them opportunities to, to learn. It was hive mind and um, really, really brilliant. Um, so you put out a manuscript, what was the manuscript? Okay, let's see here. I'm gonna actually look so I don't get the title wrong. <laughs> it's called <laughs> Taking Action with ACT in, in caps, which I'll discuss. Um, taking action, 18 simple strategies for supporting children with autism during the COVID-19 pandemic. Wow, that's a mouthful. I it is, that's why I had to look. <laughs> okay, and you said that you, you co-authored that with someone? Yeah, actually, um, se several others. Um, they are all at first steps with me. Um, let me list them off to give them credit where credit's yeah. due. Um, so Aaron Silverman, um, Amanda Chastain, Alex Little, Tara Bermudez, who you know, and then um, Jonathan Tarbox, who you know as well. Um, so we're, we're all at First Steps, and um, this paper was really focused on um, acceptance and commitment training, um, which is a behavior analytic approach to teaching um, complex skills and really addressing kind of our, our private verbal behavior and behavioral, you know, 
non-relatable lingo, in relatable <laughs> lingo, just really addressing our thoughts and feelings, which are not what you know you hear a lot of um, about in ABA and how to incorporate that into our programming and our in our treatment. Um, and so the fit just seemed too perfect to not address. Um, I think that ACT specifically is so well suited to address um, these challenges that all of our learners are facing right now um, with like a whole set of, um, a whole new set of expectations just being thrown at them without any sort of warning. Yeah, and we've talked a little bit before on the show about ACT, you know, I'm a fan and, um, and in particular, you know, I've tried to focus on the show about the fact that there is just more and more research all the time talking about how when caregivers of kids who are on the autism spectrum are, are given the opportunity to access ACT and use it in their lives, not only do they manage their stress better, but there seems to be a direct correlation to their child doing better. Okay. I don't think it's a magic trick. I don't think it's, uh, you know, smoke and mirrors. Having been someone who's had the benefit of going through that, I can see how my ability to deal with whatever I have going on helped my child because it gave me the ability to let him have a little bit more room. So I'm a, I'm a big, big fan, but you're taking it to the next oomph. Instead of saying, okay, I'm gonna do a thing about how do we do this with caregivers? What's the topic for this uh, web, webinar series? Yeah, and, and what you just mentioned is obviously incredibly important. And I, I'm so glad that that's your experience and um, with ACT as well as a caregiver. Um, and Dr. Evelyn Gould, who I know that you know as well, um, and she still provides consults for, for us at First Steps, but she, she completed her dissertation here um, for that exact thing, um, just supporting um, our families with um, the lens of acceptance and commitment training. Um, and really uh, her focus was to give them tools, um, even for things like self-care and making time for themselves. And then seeing how that, like you were mentioning, can um, then it, it seems so obvious that we even have to research this, right? Like obviously then that would have a positive effect on, on their children. But even, you know, I mean, I, I, I had the benefit of that. And even I, like who was like, duh, of course, <laughs> um, I, I was shocked that from, from starting and, and having access to and doing some of the things that we did, which you know seemed like that they were no big deal while we were doing them, mm -hmm. but had, a, had an impact on how I felt that day, had an impact on how I felt that week and how I parented that week, that month, that you know year. So that when we looked back, the things that I had been able to identify at the very beginning before we started that were important to me had shifted massively uh -huh. like, like there was such a such a difference that even i was shocked and i was like wow uh -huh. uh, this works so so yes yeah, so it's so important that the caregivers give it but but as i said you're taking it to the next level well yeah we're trying and, and you know we're not the only ones um act is uh is catching as far as including it in into programming for um learners and then more specifically our paper was for children with autism um it's it's still very very new um and i think you know part of the reason for that is that act uh the description of it can it can be very like touchy-feely and then with that kind of messy and within the aba world we like our data we like things clean we like our definitions and so it can be tough to kind of fit uh acceptance and commitment training into that box but i kind of think that that makes it all the more um, important. Real life is messy and it's not, we're not going to have clean definitions and we'll figure it out as we go. And really we're still collecting data and our interventions are still function based, which is like the bread and butter of ABA. And so if, you know, as long as we're doing it uh, systematically, um, then I think that we owe it to our learners to um, start to really um, include what we, um, can talk with them about like that they're um, talking to themselves about and what they're feeling into the programming. And, and that's what ACT is all about. It's, um, it's a model for behavioral flexibility um, to really give um, people the skills to live a more valued life, even when stuff is tough and your mind is getting in your way of really like moving forward. Yeah. 
I, you know, I love, I love me some BCBAs, right? Mm -hmm. I, am, I am the biggest fan of BCBAs that there is on the planet because I've seen the benefit of what you guys do. I, you know, sometimes I get frustrated with the jargon that you all love, love, love. Um, that's okay. I, you know, I accept that about you. And it has been interesting because I was introduced to ACT by BCBAs, but I always find it funny that how BCBAs get a little bit like, well, you know, it might be too, it, I don't, I don't get it because for me, it seems like you're identifying what's important to you, which is part of a preference assessment. And then you're moving towards what's important to you, which seems like a reinforcer. So I don't ever know what the BCBAs, where the, you know, where BCAs get a little squishy with it, but I love that more and more BCBAs are joining the bandwagon and saying, Hey, we think, we think this is an important companion piece because we do have to deal with how somebody feels uh -huh, and uh -huh. what they're thinking about how they feel because that's all part of getting to the goal which is the reinforcer uh -huh. so you're really this webinar tell us what the dates on on it are and how people sign up and then what you're going to be because it's three dates right yeah yeah um, oh man, I should have written down the date so that I don't get this wrong. So it's, it's a three session series and it starts on Tuesday, um, June 9th, and okay. then the following two Tuesdays. Okay. And so for the first session, um, Jonathan Tarbox <laughs> will be okay. accompanying me. Yeah. And I, I assume that you are too. <laughs> you know, most of the time. <laughs> but you're honestly a, a, a huge personal hero of, of his. And so he was so excited that I have the opportunity to be on today. Oh. Um, so he'll be joining me. Um, Love you. <laughs> so he'll be there. Yes, on June 9th. And um, it's from 1 to 2.30, as are all of the, the sessions. And, and for the first time, right? Yes, uh, yes, thank you, Pacific time. Um, for the first session, we're really going to be talking about the conceptual piece and the behavior analytic underpinnings of um, acceptance and commitment training, just to make sure that we're, you know, staying true to our science and addressing any concerns that uh, BCBAs or anyone, you know, wanting to join the webinar um, may have before we dive in. Um, and then the, the next session will be with Tara Bermudez. Um, and there we'll really be talking about um, some sample function-based interventions to talk about the six um, self-management areas that ACT uh, addresses. And within our paper, we wanted to give very concrete examples of, um, so that you know, clinicians could go put strategies into action right away. So we have accompanying worksheets for a lot of the interventions that we discuss. Um, and we want to go over some of those strategies. And we want to highlight that this, as with any ABA approach, is not a cookie cutter um, intervention. And so these are some examples of what to do. And then we really wanna get people thinking about how um, their learners um, and what they're struggling with, how they can then individualize and tweak these interventions to apply it for them. And then the final session will be with Erin Silverman, another program director at First Steps. And um, we're gonna be talking to, um, about how to sort of wrap all of this up and put it into action and tie it to values like, like you were mentioning because, um, and that should be everything. I mean, we wanna have true meaning tied to everything that we're doing so that it makes sense about why we're doing it and always having that, that lens of what's important to the learner or whoever we're, we're working with. Um, mm -hmm. Otherwise, why are we working on it? Exactly. Man, I just love the whole thing. So where do they go to sign up? And then, and then we're gonna have a little conversation about who is this right for and who is this not right for? But where would you go to sign up? So um, it's being hosted by um, Connections, Behavior Planning and Intervention. Um, so you can just Google them or it's connections-behavior.com and then they have a whole list of different webinars that they are offering and the title of our webinar is um, ACT for ASD series with Courtney Tarbox and, and guests. I love it. And Trayvon, uh, just a note to Trayvon, let's try to get that up on our Facebook comments so people can also find it there. I know it's on my Facebook feed and I'll try to move it up too because there've been a lot of things going on that you know probably moved it yeah. down, but it's there. But so they can go and register. Now, um, is there a cost? 
There is. So um, for all three, let's see here, for all three, um, and again, they're from 1 to 2.30, mm -hmm. um, the cost is $75 for the full series. And then if you'd like to just attend a single session, then it's $30 for that hour and a half. Okay. And a great price as these things go. This yeah. is, and for people who need uh, continuing uh, education credits, they can get CEUs from this, yes? Absolutely, yeah. And, and it will be recorded and offered to attendees. So if you can't make it to the one of the sessions or if the time just doesn't work, then they'll have access to it afterward as well. Very cool. But now who do you think this is right for? Is this obviously for professionals, this is a, a no-brainer that would be lovely to have BCBAs and and people that are working with kiddos on the autism spectrum, right? They that's a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah. But we really um I'm really glad that you asked that because I would think I would have forgot to mention this, but that was the aim with our paper and really the aim for the webinar too is just to have it be very accessible to anyone who um, is working with a child struggling right now, which is probably most parents, whether they, the child has autism or not. And all of these strategies um, can be used with any learner um, with, you know, if, if their own um, thoughts or feelings are kind of um, making these times um, more difficult. So um, a few of the interventions I came up with in talking to my own um, young kids who are eight and five, and just what they're going through right now. And um, if, if it seems like it kind of hit when we when we um, used these interventions and talked about things and I we included it in the paper. So there are a couple of those in there. Um, and so I think, you know, any parents um, wanting some new ideas of how to talk to their kids um, about dealing with tough stuff um, because it's important, this could be a useful webinar. Okay, so to be clear, if you're a parent and you've not taken a psychology class, but you're like, I want to, I want to know about this. I want to learn about this. I want to know more about it. You absolutely can come, and that we think that it's going to be accessible to them. Uh, like I, I know Dr. Jonathan Tarbox, and I know he's always, you know, language accessible. You're always language accessible. Uh, everybody that you've said, I think, is language accessible. But let's, you know. A, a parent could feel comfortable at this webinar. That, that's the goal, absolutely. And I'm gonna do my best to also attend to the, the chat uh, feature. Um, this, is, this is a new format for me as far as like presenting and, and training, um, but we're gonna do our best. And um, I, yeah, I would really encourage parents to attend and ask questions and hold us accountable for like, if I don't know that acronym, <laughs> what does that mean? Well, and, if, you know me, I'll be in the chat going, I don't know what that is. <laughs> don't say it like that. And that's how we tried to write the paper as well. We did like some conceptual definitions and then right below that, it's a practical um, description of what we're talking about. So th that really is the goal that anyone who would like to can access the information. I love it. So really it's like talking about a new toolbox. Yes, yep, yep, it's still ABA. It's under, it was de developed um, to be behavior analytic and it's also um, a very common um, psychological model as well but we're talking about how to put it into play within um, ABA treatment models. And, and they wanna know one more time, what is ACT? ACT, so. okay. So um, <laughs> when we talk, so it's um, commonly referred to as ac acceptance and commitment therapy. Um, and then more recently, we're talking about it as acceptance and commitment training when we're using it as um, a piece of behavior and of intervention or within um, ABA models and not um, a part you know, of other domains of psychology. So I prefer to use, yeah, acceptance and commitment training. Um, and really it's a model of behavioral flexibility. So it um, aims to teach us six main self-management repertoires essentially um, to help us be more flexible so that like our own um, language is not preventing us from doing things that are important to us because um, you know, in life, when stuff gets tough, uh, it's pretty tempting to kind of avoid or put things off or tell yourself you'll do it later or that you don't need to do it when probably, you know, in the back of your head uh, that it's important to do. And so that's what ACT is all about, is giving you the tools to do what's hard because it's important to you. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, I grew up in a model because my parents didn't know any different, but if you were having an emotion about something or, or something was difficult, you were told to just suck it up. 
Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, quit, quit your crying, just suck it up, just do it. And I think that, you know, sometimes people will experience different kinds of therapy where either you get stuck in the emotion and you just marinate in the emotion mm -hmm. or you're supposed to somehow push it down. And what I love about ACT is that it says, yes, this is happening. Yep. This yep. is happening and you're feeling this way. And why are you feeling this way? And why is it important mm -hmm. what you're feeling? And, and why is, you know, why is there so, there's something that's important that's helping you to feel this way. And now let's, let's look at all of that, but then let's look at the bigger picture and then we'll sort out how to move forward. Yeah. And, and I'm glad that you mentioned that because I think that's, that's the kind of like the, um, the heart of ACT is that we want to make space for those difficult thoughts and those difficult feelings and not just try to push them away because the more that we do that, they're probably going to keep popping up. And then we're not learning how to continue to um, behave in important ways um, with the presence of those difficult thoughts. So it's all about kind of making space for them, acknowledging them, and maybe even moving toward the difficulty because of your values that are tied to that behavior. It's, it's amazing and it really helped me. And I know that it's helped a lot of other parents who have kiddos on the spectrum. And, and I gotta say, you know, because both my son and I were going through it together, it has helped him. And, and I see that like the, the, peb the pebble in the, the, the pool with the ripples because I see my son interact with his friends when somebody's getting upset and I see him utilizing the tools that we learned. And then, and then they pick it up. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just, if you are looking for a better, better model for how to live and be happier and, you know, especially in this world that we're living right now, um, this is, this is very accessible. It is not, you know, something that you're going to contemplate your navel for three years. It's not, it's not like that. I encourage you go to this workshop and see if there's a way that it can help you to help your child. So we've gone way over and I apologize for keeping you late, but it was too good to stop. Um, again, say the name of the place that they want to go. And then we're going to try to put it on our Facebook too. Sure. Yeah. It's um, Connections Behavior Planning and Intervention is who is offering it. And if you go to connections-behavior.com and then look for their events tab, then they'll have a list of all the different webinars. And if people wanted to know more about First Steps, where would they go? Uh, first Steps for Kids, F-O-R, um, dot com. Wonderful. Will you please give everybody my love and, and hug those babies of yours? I can't believe they've gotten that much older. I know. I adore you, Shannon. Thank you so much for having well, me on. Feeling is mutual. And I just have loved, you know, I, I feel like you guys are making inroads into something that is really, really important. And all I keep hearing, I have not been able to be at one of the presentations that you have done, but all I keep hearing is that you are the presenter that is like just hot, hot, oh. hot, hot, hot. So uh, that you are, you are cutting it up. So tearing it up, that's the phrase I want. So I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to be there at these webinars and I'm, and I'm so excited that you guys are making it accessible for everybody. Thank everybody. Well, thank you for coming. I'm excited to have you there. Yay. <laughs> uh, you have a wonderful weekend and uh, thank you so much for being here. Thank and you. See you next Tuesday. Okay, sounds good. Bye. Uh, and we've gone way over you guys. I apologize, but um, we're, we're, somebody asked us to go longer yesterday. So we just did, we went eight minutes longer. And um, thank you guys for being here. Don't forget tomorrow, Nancy Allspot Jackson is gonna be here with us for Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy. We're gonna cover some news updates. And then we have Tom Island. Thomas Island is gonna be here with us. He's a wonderful self-advocate, a speaker. And um, he is gonna be talking with us about some important things that we need to consider for adults on the autism spectrum during this COVID pandemic. Uh, I know he has been doing some live webcasts and, and he's got some things that he wants to share that we think are important. So that will be tomorrow on the show. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now.